existence. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Radiant Black Podcast. This is a podcast about Massiverse and you know all things in the Massiverse by Kyle Higgins, Marcel Acosta, Michael Basudel, and Becca Carey. I'm Bash, your host, and today I'm joined by my friends and fellow hosts, Charlie, Ali, and Matt. How's everyone doing today? It's going great. Talking to Massiverse. Uh, I'm really loving the direction of Rogue Sun lately, so I'm excited to talk about that. And Radiant Red is no slouch in this department. The Massiverse is firing off, and uh, I'm pumped to talk about it, as always. Absolutely. Got a couple of, got a couple of great issues these past couple of weeks. Great reveals we're excited to talk about. Yeah, and uh, weather's actually been been pretty good around me. Just got back from basketball about an hour hour ago, listening to the Oblivion Song podcast. They're on their last issue on the way back. It's been really good. I got to finish it after. Um, but no, there's been some good comics out recently. I'm excited to talk about some really awesome or a great one with you guys right now, and cannot wait for that one next week for sure. Yeah, and today we actually have a special guest joining us. You may know him as the winner of the Radiant Black Trivia because, you know, that was impressive. Uh, also known as Owen, aka Anomaly. How are you doing today, Owen? I'm doing pretty good. Thank you for asking. It's um, It's been a long time coming for me being on an episode of the show, and I'm really glad that we can do that now. For sure. But yeah, before we dive into all the Rogue Sun goodness, we actually have some news to talk about in the pop culture world, of course. Um, first things first is a big uh, heartfelt thank you uh, to Ryan Parrott as he's planning to exit Mighty Morphin Power Rangers uh, when it hits number 100. So thank you so much, Ryan, for your your run on Power Rangers. I know a lot of people have been talking about how good it is. A lot of people loved it. And also, we we heard today that Matt Broom is also going to be exiting his Power Rangers title as well soon. So it's kind of a bittersweet moment as we see two Massiverse creators exiting the, uh, the Power Rangers titles. But, you know, we, we've seen that these creators have done so much in the last year beyond just that. Like, we have Dead Day from Ryan Parrott, which is getting optioned. And then we got, obviously, Rogue Sun. And then, obviously, Matt Groom just did Supermassive with them. And he's working on Inferno Glow Red. So I feel like these creators, they're, you know, they're working on other stuff right now and we have that to look forward to yeah we're off the grid and into the massive first it's cool to see them going from that universe and now they have more freedom i imagine there'll be much more indie projects maybe creator own series um we get to see we'll finally get to see uh, infernal girl red you know eventually i know that's been like the half-life two of the massive verse but i'm excited to see when that comes to print you know another big piece of news that we recently actually discovered was the de- the new non-binary mighty Morphin power ranger called the death ranger so Created by Ryan, but as Owen notified me earlier, it's actually Paul Allure's idea to make this character non-binary. And Paul Allure is going to be the one who's going to be the, writing the Power Rangers Untold Death Ranger number one issue. So check that out. I mean, you know, we all know how people, a lot of people who are into Radiant Black, into the Massiverse, they're also into the tokusatsu genre, into, you know, things like Power Rangers and whatnot. I'm personally not very familiar with that stuff, but... I am excited nonetheless for this because it looks amazing. I know I'm going to be picking one up. I like, I mean, a character by Ryan Perrin, and then we also have Paul Allure, like, fleshing this character out. I'm personally really looking forward to it. And the design looks awesome. Have you guys seen it? Oh, yeah, for sure. I saw, I'm I'm same as you, Bash. I'm not really crazy in the Power Rangers, not super familiar with it. But getting into this whole Radiant Black universe and seeing these new creations like that are really starting to... I keep getting reasons, and I, I've been kind of leaning forward to getting in, diving into that world someday. 
Yeah, I mean, just based off the design alone, it looks amazing. So I remember way back in the day, you know, I, you know, going to my local Barnes and Noble and reading the initial volumes of Power Rangers as they were being written by Kyle back in like 2016. But, you know, I'm really excited to, you know, check out all this new stuff because obviously a lot has happened in the past six years since that book initially started. And I'm very excited to be checking out all this stuff. You know, I am bummed that, you know, Ryan and Matt are no longer going to be writing Power Rangers, but they're going on to write bigger and more massive things. Right now, so. <laughs> well said. It's interesting because we don't just have Power Rangers news for you this uh, episode, but we actually got other news for you. If you've been keeping up, so, you know, I, I just want to put this out there. We're not associated with Radiant Black in any way, right? We, we, we're just fans of Radiant Black. We really, really love Radiant Black. We created the Discord space to to have, you know, more, to be involved more with the Radiant Black community and all that stuff. But we're not in any way associated with Kyle or the rest of the team. That being said, I just don't want people thinking we get free variants, right? <laughs> and be like, oh, like, can I get? Like, I don't, I don't get. All these giveaways are from from us. There's not, there's no, there's no upper, you know, upper echelon of like variant giving that goes on. No, it's just, it's just us. But yeah, um, the takeaway from that is that it's all giveaways. Uh, it'll take yeah. and uh, yeah, we we don't get uh, paid or anything like that. It's just pure no, fan it's passion, fun. love. Here. Yeah. Yeah. So we don't get like if there's anything you know that happens behind the scenes or whatever, it's just us putting in work and uh, sharing with the community. But um, we we don't we don't we're not like told anything special or anything. But with that being said, there is a big community event, and the reason I said all this earlier is because if you want the most official source for Radiant Black news, make sure you're keeping up with the Black Market Narrative, uh, sub, sorry, not the sub, yeah, the Substack, the Kyle Higgins Substack. Make sure you're keeping up with that, and they recently announced something really big, yeah, so it's called Blackmail, I think, something like that, but um, anyway, it's Kyle Higgins Substack, it's completely free, they they send one out every month, sometimes it's like twice a month, they just give us updates about the Massiverse, updates about Radiant Black, Radiant Red, all associated titles, we actually got a really cool update on the last edition, which was number 28. We found out that there's an event this year um, with everyone from the Massiverse, the official people in the Massiverse, which which includes Michael Basudel, Eduardo Ferragato, Cherish Chen, Melissa Flores, Matt Groom, Joe Clark, Alex Siegel, Lawrence Holmes, Ryan, Bill, and TJ from Circle Guy News, aka Invincible Podcast, and the possibility of Ryan Parrott. So and of course Kyle Higgins. So you got all those folks from you know these amazing creators from the Massiverse who are going to be meeting in Lockport actually at the same uh, bar that we saw Nathan get uh, <laughs> his ass handed to him. And so Ember's Tap House in Lockport. This is going to take place on August 4th, and it's it's going to be around the same time as C2E2. So for those of you, I know that we have a lot of people in the Discord who live in the Chicago area. I'm very envious of you right now because. This sounds amazing, and I know I won't be able to make it, but for those of you who live in the States, for those of you who live in Illinois or Chicago, definitely check this out because this sounds amazing. Yeah, really, it really does. And also, don't forget there's some uh, some extra Radiant Black pins pins at the bottom. I did see uh, did see someone on Twitter, da- Daily Wiccan 1, was pretty excited to get some get some new pins. So Dude, Daily shout, Wiccan shout is him. amazing. I, I think it's a she. I'm not sure, but I, I think they love uh, they love Radiant Black. Like, did you see their sketches like on their free time? Oh yeah. Yeah, man. How like holy shit. Good yeah, they look out. amazing. Yeah, yeah shout especially out to them. for something quick like on the on the fly. You know what I mean? Like you're just doing it for fun. Rogue Sun number four. So, Rogue. Oh, and image number two came out earlier. Image exclamation mark number two. 
which has this amazing cover by Mirka Andolfo. Love, love her work. But uh, yeah, we mainly picked it up here for the Shift comics, so part two of four. And let's dive into Rogue Sun. So we already talked about before how one thing this issue did differently that was very noticeable was that you look at the titles for all the issues, the, the, the actual, the logo of the Rogue Sun, and every single issue of Rogue Sun, it was white, except for this issue where it's pink. And I just thought, this is weird. You know, like, it's just, you know, it might not be anything, but I just thought that was weird. And we, we, we already had Kyle tell us several times that this issue is going to have some some repercussions, right? It's something big is going to happen, and wow, something big happened. I think is it because of girl power? Because I mean, the the female, the, it's the the femme fatales of the family are striking. We see that the big reveal, of course. I mean, are we going to jump the gun of uh, what the uh, not Mark Mark Dylan's mother's up to? It was a very Darth Vader moment. Like I don't know, like I was I was very like shook. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah. It's just, I was just kind of shook. Like I was sitting there and I'm like, damn. Like like it's just it was just a lot of damn because. And we'll get into this, but she kind of tempers him throughout the issue several times before she she makes the big reveal. Like, and and as the reader, of course, you're you're not aware at this point until you you see the last the, the reveal on the last page. So I was pretty shocked to be honest. I was I was just like, holy shit, because it took everything I knew about the comic so far and kind of threw it on its head. I feel like after the last episode speaking with you guys, I feel like some of us, I know at least I was, were predicting that it was the sister, right, based on what she was doing when she yeah, went that was to the, yeah. Yeah, like she took Dottie's, uh, she went to Dottie's shop, she took the crystal, broke it, let the, the, the demon out, right, Demonica. You'd presume it's her, but I don't know, that, that, that shook me, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, there's so many shades of gray, like what's happening with these characters where everyone has a reason, like obviously our main character uh, can be quite uh, a bully, an asshole, like he's not meant to be likable. I and mean, if he will be eventually, it's far from where we are now, where he's still kind of being a dick. His, uh, you know, his this other family there that his dad had, like we've got Damien, who's like honestly the <laughs> least, like the least douchey of the of the other family. Well, no, Ori's pretty nice, but like Ori's. I, mean, his, his, I just want to say his name is Brock, but he is Damien for all matters and purposes. That's that was a Freudian slip right there. There's a lot of Venom names in this. <laughs> There's a lot of Venom names I've tried to uh, calibrate properly, but yeah, that's why I remember <laughs> Ori easy, easiest and uh, and Jules which I just kind of thought about. But yeah, no, I'm loving Rogue Sun. This issue was amazing. And I think that they do have the pink text. Uh, I think it was interesting. One thing I noticed was uh, we've had characters now, like at, in the first issue, did you guys think that the villain that killed Marcus, did you think that that was a, a male? Yes, yes, I did. I did at first, but then after, like I said, after issue you two or it. three, I was like, maybe it's the sister, right? Because they were kind of pushing us yeah. in, that, in that direction. Yeah, true. It's, it's kind of similar to how they introduced uh, Radiant Red. Blood. Look, Red. Yeah, yeah, that's what I said. To, to, that's your, what point, I was though, to yeah. your point, though, what I will say is that I never expected it to be the mom. For no. sure. And there's more magic involved, so I feel like the, the, it's easier to think that this could be, uh, you know, any gender or whatever with magic's involved in the costume. It wasn't, like, legitimately, like, Red was designed in a way to kind of throw us off that it was a it was a man. Oh, yeah, yeah. She's, she, she, she shows us that when, like, she's going to go yeah, hijack. Yeah, exactly. She's trying to, to disguise herself because... She, she even goes like I, one thing I wanted to point out and kind of praise Cherish for is that even in that issue we see uh, Satomi go to an entirely different city just to avoid being recognized the potential of being recognized by the cameras so I like that little detail. I just like that it was a, a similar spell cast by this writer but uh, with a bit of a different incantation that gave us a, a different result and it was really cool I I dug this like I'm all in on Roxanne for sure. I might have to go reread it again, like the first three issues, to see if there were any like hints towards the mom. But from what I remember, they made her seem pretty distant from the whole like rogue son and supernatural life, right? They, she didn't like it. She was kind of yeah. This changes the way we look at their past relationship and what 
to what Mark uh, Dylan's mom was doing this whole time and why she doesn't want him to be involved with the superhero stuff. And of course, they had to have the line of Dylan going, of all the people who stabbed me in the back, it was you, my own mother. Like, they <laughs> God, they want you to be slapped in the face with it on a reread. And even with lines like that, you're not even thinking. That's how good the writing is when you can kind of like foreshadow and like do stuff like that. You're like, come on, this is mom. Obviously, she just wants the best for him. And she might still, you know, that father-son connection is complicated when there's divorce. It's like a tug of war between parents and how you're going to raise the child and what It, it also feels wanna... like Omni-Man. Like, it does feel like Omni-Man. It does. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it does for sure. And I, I actually did go back in the first, uh, I did go back to the first couple issues and was just diving through to see if there was any little pickups or hints like that. And and everything, everything seemed like uh, kind of like the Invincible comic. You couldn't yeah. really, you saw little hints, but you couldn't really tell the tone. Like in the series, they really had back. the tone. They had to yeah. put little hints in there to kind of like, I don't know, ma- make you lean one way or the other. But in this, it felt very... It felt very subtle, but the only thing I did notice was in that first page in their first battle, um, the line that um, Rogue Son says, he says, you must be new. He says, you must be new. So that was that was kind of the only thing I picked up. Just curious, like why she just came out now or if she just turned evil now, was she evil the whole time? It's like there's so many questions. That's true. Yeah. And it's like, why did she kill his father? Like, I feel like that's the one that's like, because there's a lot of different motives. Like, for, first of all, throughout the entire four issues that we've read so far, she's the one that's kind of trying to keep Dylan like on the straight, like, like you know, like focused on school, balancing his responsibilities. She's not super against him being rogue son, just so much. Making you know, sure he's not using words like facetious. Just, like she knows that's not yeah. a boy. Like he knows your cheating. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So it's it's weird. It's like it, for me, it was surprising to see. Okay, this person who kind of seemed like they were really looking out for you is, is the person who's trying to. But it also gives you know it begs the question like why? Like is this because she wants the, the rogue son? Is it because she you know she had a quarrel with the father like a personal one? Like I, I'm I, I'm really I'm really invested in this uh, even more than I was before to be honest. Yeah, no, it's like literally I, I'm just my my head was spinning when this was going on. I just had to go back instantly right away. But um, yeah, I was curious. Owen, did you uh, did you think anything? Did you uh, what did you think about this? Well, obviously, of course, as Bash said, you know, I didn't see it coming. And it was very much a Darth Vader thing. And I feel like the unofficial tagline, the massive verse should be the massive verse. Every four issues, we shake up the status quo or your money back. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, that's pretty accurate. Issue four is like, it's like, you know how when we were reading Invincible, whenever you saw a hand cover, you knew shit was going to go down. Like yep. whenever those hands were on the cover, someone's going to die. Like something bad's going to happen. And it's almost, oh, that literally was always the case when you're at Invincible. I feel like it's like all issues of four, the massive verse titles. They're all just like really, really, you know, like someone's going to die or get their ass handed to them. And then, you know, Michael's going to listen to this and he'll be like, oh, yeah, it's going to be issue five next, bitches. It's like from now on, Dead Lucky's going to do it in five just to throw us off. You know what I mean? You don't even know what the series is. You've been reading a comic in VR. It's actually a movie. You're playing like a realistic simulator right now. You don't even know what life is. <laughs> you just imagine like we're at Radiant Black number 50. Like somehow we get like McFarlane to do the 50th issue because we're celebrating this landmark. And like you finish reading the issue and then you close the issue. And at the very back, it's like Kyle Higgins. You don't even know what this book is yet. <laughs> It's it's weird because you're not supposed to speculate. You don't want to speculate for too much. But what Kyle's been doing and the whole team with these series and even like Rogue's on, like we've got spinoffs. Like it's a massive verse. Like we start off with doing the podcast. We're talking about one series. Now we've got like three series to t- keep track of and like a shift mini series. It's it's a ton. So you can't you don't want to put your expectations too far out there. But also it's hard to think of what the teams are actually doing and actually going to pull off. It's crazy. 
there's they said there's one project that's that's not Massiverse related that hasn't been announced yet. So I'm very curious to hear about that. Yeah, this this issue the the one thing I did find like this book is just so real and organic with like just its dialogue and it's just interactions with people and and family and and the school and and whatnot but the first thing i that had me dying was them doing like the the practice on the action figures him trying to release the black fire at first and just him like i've been <laughs> that, I've, that, I've, that I've, literally takes us to radiant black no radiant black four like, and this yep. uh, radiant black four, four which is hilarious yeah, yeah. figured yeah i was literally just about to bring that up it's like he's making a practice on a gray raven actor which is exactly what happens in issue four of radiant black yeah yeah you know that is awesome that there's is awesome. parallel l's that they've both taken to where like rogue son gets his ass kicked and finds out his mom's there and then obviously you know uh, the less said about what happened uh nathan the better but yeah so hey, I, lo- I love it you know what this book reminds me of like tempo wise and i don't mean like thematically because thematically it is a little bit different but i mean like pace wise like vibe, vibe wise, okay. it it kind of reminds me of Ultimate Spider-Man. Like I, it really does. Like the way it reads is very good. Like it, like Ultimate Spider-Man had like the way it was written. He had like so much going on in his life. He had like all the shit going on with his family, and then he had like all the shit that's, going on with like Oscorp, and then he had you know what I mean? Like that's a good point. I was literally just about to say the stuff at school. It kind of is just weird. It kind of reminds me of the Toby, like the Spider-Man too. Um, yeah. Like just like it's kind of the opposite of Parker Luck in a way, where every yeah. everything that he's going through is all pretty much just self-inflicted by him. Yeah. Whereas Peter, just like his books fall, people come over and like slap him, and his homework falls. Like everything's just. Rogue Son, number four. Yeah, so I'm really into his, uh, the whole dynamic. I really like what, no, not Demonica, Van, Van. That's the girl that he used to go out with, Van, yeah. So I have a theory about uh, oh, oh yeah, Vanessa, yeah. We don't know, it was something about, uh... He was a dick, apparently, and then she dumped him, right? Is that what happened? Oh, she said, it's just, I love, like, I agree with what Charlie said earlier about how the, the lines in this book are so, like, they're organic, they're very well written, it's a very, like, teenage like vibe to it. it it very it feels authentic is what i'm trying to say feel like this dialogue feels like stuff that you've heard and these are real people basically yeah it's, like look at what nice. she says to him she says he says van you're seriously still mad at me for that thing i can't even remember and she says no i'm mad at you because you're a bully and an asshole dylan like it's just straight up like she, she just gives it to him raw and i love it so i'm not a bully and she's like what do you call someone who shows kids into lockers and blackmails them into doing their homework and he's like one hell of a multitasker so he's got that like teenage wit to him you know like where they're all like witty they're, they're kind of hedonistic replying you know quick wits kind of thing and so you could see like like uh sorry dylan's not a, like a dumb kid by any means he's just a lazy ass kid like just kind of entitled so he's he's you know he's using he's using his his power basically to to, to torment these kids and have them do his work and he him. didn't have a father figure right like he thinks he, his dad left and your dad is like a lot of what we identify with growing up and you don't have that and you think your dad is trash and then you kind of embody those feelings of your dad is shitty you're not worth anything why would you believe in anything and just do things to get by like people get trapped in these head spaces right in our lives whether it be as a teenager it could go on longer than that so it's kind of interesting to see that dynamic i'm really interested in the psychology of of this and also the family dynamics like you hear all these stuff like everyone has this idea of like oh i just wish my family was normal there's no such thing all families have their own kind of things some it's like lannisters versus whatever but it's interesting just how the family dynamic and i love how it was like i mentioned sleight of hand earlier you look at issue two i think it's the one with the cover of like the family portrait so it's kind of like we're looking over here but we don't even think about uh, dylan's home life with his mother and that's how we get the twist like this so really good writing really tight family dynamic that's been super fleshed four issues and i feel like i know these characters already 
You know, you know who Demonica reminds me of, and I'm not saying aesthetically, even though there there is a no, not really, but but I'm more like vibe-wise. She reminds me of Universa, like she really does. Like like Universa popped in in the very okay, similar way, yeah. popped in, fuck shit up, you know. Like she she showed everyone that she was bad as hell, you know. And, and then is that like Perpetua's cousin or something? Yeah, if an invincible, it's the, oh, the, the chick with yeah, the staff, remember? Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. She just shows up from another planet one day to take all the power and stuff. It was hilarious. But yeah, like obviously, Demonica is much more, much more. Uh, like her motives are different. She she doesn't come to get resources. She's just here to be crazy as fuck. But I do like, I do like the way she's, you know, she's boom. She's in there. She's tearing everything apart. She's pretty powerful. Her design is amazing. I like the same way that Universa. Had a very unique design, even for the amazing universe of like the Invincible universe, where there's so many unique designs. I think Demonic the tattoos cool. The colors too. Uh, be hard too. to keep consistent. Oh, the colors too. Yeah. There's a big contrast between every page that has Demonica as opposed to like the pages that don't. The colors are literally more pink or purple when she's on the page. I really like that. She has like her whole vibe going on. She looks really cool. I I really dig her. I, for me, it's very important, personally, I'm speaking for myself, when I'm reading a superhero series, it's very important that you have good villains, even if they're not the villains you're going to use as the main villain. Like, it has to be something that's going to keep me engaged. And if it's like a garbage villain, that's just like a lot of, you know, big two comics tend to literally just take the hero and invert it and then make a villain. Like, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of this, but you should look it up. It's fucking hilarious. So Dr. Fate, one of my favorite characters, actually has and it's not a dr fate villain ironically which which makes no sense but but you'll understand so if you look up dr chaos it's literally dr fate with the colors inverted like the blue and the yellow are switched and the, and, and, it's, and it makes me think of south park too it's professor chaos basically but it's, chaos. exactly it's like chaos or order and like fate's all about order so it's like they literally just took the opposite right and it's just like i mean they do it with all the characters like shazam has reverse shazam Flash has reverse Flash. Like, Batman has, like, how many... Like, you're going to see right now, I'm calling it. Failsafe is going to be similar to Batman, at least in my opinion, based on how they're, uh, what do you call it, soliciting him. And if you don't know, Failsafe is the new villain being solicited for Zdarsky's run, who's going to show up in the first uh, issue, which is on FOC right now. So make sure you get that. It's going to be awesome. I was just going to say quick, like, and that's why I like these... I, I'm liking these villains so far. In all of the Massiverse, the, the Radiant Black villains have been a lot of fun so far. And, and these ones, too. You want them... Like you have those very like specific just inverted villains like you were saying, um, but but Batman like what makes his rogues gallery so good is he has so many characters not like that like Scarecrow exactly. and, like or Mr. even Freeze Flash and, right and, like, like Flash yeah like yeah so like many villains. yeah you just gotta have a variety and very and just like be able just memorable but I I I've been really liking just the variety so far in all of these villains and I I can remember pretty much every one and mm-hmm. what their powers have been so far. This might be I, a hot I think take. Monica's awesome. Yeah. Mm. This might be a hot take, but I prefer Rogue Sun's uh, Rogue's Gallery already to Radiant Blacks. I said, yeah. Apples to apples, I honestly think, objectively speaking, the Rogue Sun has been the first four issues have been better than the first four issues of Radiant Black. Like I just think overall they just they they have, for, like yeah. we've, we've we've been enjoying the first few issues of Rogue Sun a lot more, and I think I think part of it too is that the the vibe around Rogue Sun and kind of like the lore I think Ra- around Black it, it gives them more creative liberty. Like, right? like, like, Ra- Ra- but Radiant Black did a favor. I think that's where I have to put that out there just to clarify what I'm saying. It's not that one is better or worse. It's that Radiant Black did the heavy lifting of setting up all this stuff to give you yeah. a familiarity of who this person is as in Rogue Sun. 
So Rogue Sun just gets to build on that and then take their own, you know, walk. Plus they get path. the Massiverse crossover to to kind of like launch exactly. them. In. Like you you knew who Rogue Sun was like even before Dylan became Rogue Sun from Supermassive. So it's yeah. like like we Radiant started Black out hitting that. the ground running already. There, there, exactly. there didn't have to be as much setup as uh, Radiant did Black. You, did you guys see the tweet that Brian Parrott tweeted saying, like, how did you guys hear about my comic? Yeah. And then he yeah. put, like, Radiant Black, like, Power Rangers, uh, Power Rangers other, and, like, the, the, the number one was, like, it was Radi- mostly Radi- Radiant, Radiant Black. Black is, like, 56%. Yeah, it was, like, <laughs> Radiant Black. So, so that's what I'm saying. Like, Kyle must be happy in the and it, obviously don't take that 100% for like as in that's the truth because you don't know who answered that poll you don't know if like because I retweeted it as yeah the Rainy Black podcast account the only people who follow and the who podcast you know was what I mean? like, that day exactly exactly so don't take it as like this is the truth but the fact that it, it was like almost 60% of the people just tells you that whether even if it was half even if it was 30% that is still a significant amount of people to draw in from another title right that's impressive so yeah. If I was Kyle and if I was Ryan, I'd be very happy that they did it the way they did because clearly it helped. And uh, yeah, so that's awesome. And that's just my taste, right? Like I prefer these villains just because like I like creepy horror stuff and I just like like if you give me like Billy Bloodmoon like a stupid werewolf boy and he's not stu- I mean he's the youngest I'm sure his brothers are smarter or whatever but he's kind of like an ignorant asshole like I just think that's kind of like a cool take on a werewolf and then you've got you know. Uh, Demonica is really awesome. And if you have like a creature that's just roadkill that applies more roadkill to themselves from like their kills, I'm like, yeah, obviously you're speaking my language. I, and I they, think... they all look amazing. They look unique. Yeah. And like the names, even how they kind of like, even uh, you have uh, Rogue Sun saying, seriously, Demonica, Suave, Blood Moon, your, your bad guys have the dumbest names, which is, you know, the, they're kind of silly, but I like them. And like Suave is really cool. Suave looks like Suave's he was like part dude, of Suave's amazing. Yeah, and I just think that the rogue, rogue radiant black villains are a little too similar. They're all like we're powered off you. Like Zhao's cool. Zhao is different than Guy, but like they're all kind of both like sooth powered by this. I like the mystic element gives it much more of a difference. No, I, I agree 100. Like what you're saying is like yeah, all these all these villains are unique in Rogue Sun, but in Radiant Black, while they are unique, they all share that similarity of being powered by alien technology. They just yeah, yeah they're just Except zero, chasing zero. Like, for guess, no, the bag. Zero, zero. Yeah. Yeah, zero, zero, one, two, yeah. yeah that, that's what I'm saying. With the yeah. whole magic thing, you have a lot more creative liberty to like create kind of like bonkers kind of stuff, you know? Yeah. There's no, and maybe Radiant Black will reach that point. It's just so far in the Radiant Black oh, story. No, I'm, I'm, I'm 100% really... sure it will. I think once, oh, yeah. we, once we go to space in Radiant Black, I think the series is going to change. I was just, just about like to say, Invincible. we got a little hint yeah. of that. In... We just like going to space. Like 10 issues Invincible ago, like... is like a literally different comic when they go to space. It yes. literally becomes yes. a science fiction comic. It changes yes. from like a superhero action to a superhero sci-fi. Like it literally, it almost like Earth becomes... is irrelevant as it is it becomes on the like stage of the cosmos. <laughs> like with the, with, the, with the whole, uh, what is it called? The... The coalition, it becomes like Green Lantern. Like, like genuinely, it's all these people trying to, you know, do something big. And it's awesome. Like, I really think Radiant Black is going to change once we go to space. Like, like, do you guys see, for example, Radiant Black number 10, the existence issue, is so different than everything else. Even though everything else is very different. Like, it's already different than your basic superhero. Like, number 10 is completely off the rails, batshit, crazy different. You know what I mean? Yeah, felt like an event in in a way. Yeah. I was I was curious on on your guys' thoughts here. Um, coming back to Rogue Son, um, when he when he gets in trouble and the mom actually, you find out the mom is who ratted ratted out Dylan to the teacher. Do you think this is a way for her? Like, do you think this was her plan all along to kind of make him easy bait to get her hands on the sunstone? Or I think you're right. that, that's I, what I was thinking. But like, 
I think you're right, but I'm not sure. I don't want to say yes, you're right, because I don't know. But I think you're onto something, because if you look at the book, there's a different page where she says, uh, right afterwards, she says, where does she say? Wait, yeah, she says yeah, she doesn't she want him to talk to the dad ever. Like, she's like, I don't want you to talk to him. And that's, that's when he tells her about the deal they made, where it's like, don't worry, like, once I do this, like, he's never going to. No, this is what he said. She says, I've heard you talking to someone late at night. And when you come home in the morning, it's him, isn't it? Your father. And then she says, I don't want him in your life, Dylan. I don't want him anywhere near. And then he cuts her off and says, Mom, relax. He's not alive, okay? He's dead. He's just part of the suit now. And we made a deal. Once we figure out who killed him, he's gone and the powers are all mine. Don't worry. I'm getting closer every day. See, like, so that's why I think you're right. Like, she's, it's weird that, like, after, normally when you read this, it could just be like, oh, responsible mom is looking out for her kid and she doesn't want her already dumbass kid to get swayed by this dad that was already a dumbass as well. But then you you read the ending and you look back to this and it's like, oh, is she trying to keep him from, from like figuring out how to defeat me or something? Do you know what I mean? Because <laughs> it's just like, it's like, why doesn't he want her to like, it's his dad. You know what I mean? Like what, what? So, so was- many, que- so many questions. I, I, I actually had a, had a quick one. Cause I was curious for Owen. Do you, do you have a favorite, uh, favorite rogues on villain so far? Has there been anyone that stood out to you? Well, Suave, obviously, of course, you know, he's been really cool. Obviously, I really like those intellectual villains who it's very clear the fact that they have some kind of uh, signature look of superiority to the hero. And he very much seems like that's Rogue Sun. But I also really like Demonica's powers and how they work. It's like she gains stronger by every soul she absorbs, both from the living and the dead. I do like that. Yeah, she just and, wants to look younger. She wants to lose a couple wrinkles. And she's got focus, the stuff like she doesn't. Though. She doesn't hold the souls, right? Like her stomach, I don't even, it's like empty. Like it's like carved out looking. It just shows that like it's an insatiable hunger. And it does, you know, I, I, the designs are really cool the more I look at it too. Yeah, for sure. And uh, yeah, him, him, I did this moment here um, when you, you have Marcus and Dylan's head trying to, you got him hyping him up. You're a survivor. Do you hear me? He's getting ready to use the black fire. That moment reminded me so much of like that. Uh, it was like the I think the second episode of like Moon Knight where he's like summon the suit, summon the suit, and it's like hype up to this moment, and it's like he just you just can't do it. But you can see a little hint of it. You can see the see the light get a little brighter, a little whiter, like as it transitions. But I'm I'm really I'm really excited to see that eventually. I actually really like that he can't do it because like it's so realistic. Like how many yes, people I, I like that. Like how many people are gonna be like gods when they first like just get their armor and they're just like let's go baby like you know like I'm ready to fuck you up like it's, I it thought was, it was I thought it was gonna I thought it was gonna happen for sure. I I I I was I was fifty fifty. I was like maybe it's gonna happen, but like like how are they gonna justify it if it really is hard to do? And then he just like kind of like panic does, does it, it? You like know the firepower. Like, like if people yeah. are able to use the firepower. Yeah, like, yeah, no, that's like with with marshals with, with marshals for example, when he puts on the cloak, I feel like because we've all we talked about how emotions motivate your radiant powers. I feel like his anger really helped him. You know what I mean? He was really angry. His best friend, for all he knew, just died, and that he's really. Like, we're talking issue five when he's beating up Satomi. Like, his best friend just died. And for all he knows, he's holding the person that killed him, right? So, like, his anger probably pulled through for him. Pure, like, raw emotion in the moment. But here, like, it's a kid. It's a kid. He's unsure of himself. He's freaking the fuck out. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, no, that that's fair. I, I kind of just, that that's a good point. I, I kind of just saw the Black Fire as, like, not something very like powerful but but comparing it to the firepower really uh really yeah. does it does it for me like kind of a more special special thing and lead up to 
That's what do you guys think it's going to look like or how do you think it's going to like actually turn out to be? It's probably going to be like either a really dark fire, like if it's called black fire, right? Yeah. Or it's going to be one of those like black and white things. that's like so intense that it just makes the whole I think it'll battle. be black and white. I think it'll yeah. be black and white. Yeah. Could be his cape mode, right? Maybe he has like fire coming off the design, like even more dude, fire that, popping off. That's what I'm wondering. Like we have, we have like, we know Radiants have mechas and we'll get more into that later. Spoiler alert. But Oh my god, what if Rogue Son has something else? And obviously we know he has the dad, right? You can see his dad, so he has that, like, mm. Firestorm angle, kind of. But what if he has, like, wings? You know, fire wings. That'd be, so like... I mean, we don't know the origin of the Sunstone yet. Like, What if know, he has, like, a, a, an Inferno but... sword? Like, like all black, but all made out oh. of fire. You know what I mean? What Ali oh. said, we don't know the origin of the Sunstone, right? Like, we don't have... How, what if this is more connected to the Radiance than we think? Like, we don't know if it is. It's its own separate series, but... What if, what if the radiance are something from black holes and like when a sun when a sun implodes or at the end of a sun does that make a black hole i don't know but maybe they're more connected maybe these are like artifacts throughout space different planets have their own kind of thing like it could be its own version of a radiant a sunstone and radiant are very similar maybe there is some kind of uh, a connection process with it like the soul stone there's like souls in this the robot can hold souls like i think there's a lot of parallel stuff here that could be more connected than we think i know yeah, right sure. like if he gives it to gloom she might even turn into blossom but like who knows <laughs> i'm really liking where we're going like the sky's the limit with the series it's a really cool frontier that we're exploring and like i'm this is amazing this is like four issues in we have the, i don't know even if they don't be connected end up connected it's not going to be like people with like episode eight of star wars like oh you didn't make my fan theories like because i'm always they always exceed my expectations or take me in different ways yeah, that i can't yeah. believe we went yeah that, that that's what i like and that's the one thing yeah sometimes you over speculate and it kind of diminishes your expectations and but i've it, it's it's fun it's fun to do this and it's fun to talk about it but at the same time it's they've at, we know they're gonna do something that's really cool and i don't think there's been anything so far to tell us otherwise like, I, I have to keep telling myself, uh, Rating Black has only been out for a year. We've only had like four issues issues of Rogue Sun. I need to like chill out and just wait for it to happen, see what happens by myself. I can't. My my brain just keeps going forward and forward. You gotta sometimes slow down and appreciate what's happening. It's true. Dude, sometimes o it feels Owen like... made one of the issues. Like Owen's letter made one of the issues. I swear. Oh. Yep. And, uh, and... in the letters page on issue three, which is the first instance of all the letters being collected. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice. <laughs> oh, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. And he replied, like, and Ryan replied to him, man, which is awesome. No, it was Michael. Oh, it was Michael, Michael, right? Oh, Michael. Oh, yeah, sweet. That's sometimes yeah, it's yeah. even better. So, yeah. yeah even better. Bonus yeah, pseudo, back at it again. I can't yeah. call him that. It's off the record. Oh, well, <laughs> Michael, if you happen to be listening to this, I'm sorry. I didn't know. No, no, no it's fine. It's fine. It doesn't like it when we call him that, like, when he's around, you know, just tease him. But he is, he's amazing. I mean, I mean, I literally saw Kyle call him Swaggy B yesterday on on Twitter. So nothing will ever beat Hollywood Bobby Kirks, but if we can get that yeah, kind of a nickname true. level, uh, but yeah, uh, and it's not even a bad nickname. It's like a bonus round in Donkey Kong Country. Like, wow, I get a free light. No, I'm just kidding. But yeah, anyways, uh, we're, I've dug that hole deep already. But yeah, no, uh, that's really sweet that your letter got in. It's always a nice feeling to read your letter in the back of a book you love. It's such a like fanboy moment. Like I I I, oh, yeah. I know it's happened to us, and we always I literally bought like. Like five copies of Radiant Black Five because our letter made the. the I hand thing. them out at parties. If people I invite people over just to read this, and then I send them home right after. Like, oh, there's my letter now. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I legit, like I gave my 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 girlfriend a copy of the image first, and I told her she traveled to Italy, and I was like, just 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 put it somewhere, like in Italy, just just leave it somewhere for someone to find. She she was like, okay. <laughs> so 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 up next, Radiant Black in Italy, baby. You, you, no, they're gonna be the person, oh, a comic. Oh, it's in English. Fuck. 
Or no, hey, they'll be fine. They'll, be here. they'll just see the, the tokusatsu and they'll be like, hell yeah. <laughs> We're off track now, but yeah. No, I'm loving this. I wonder how many villains in the Perrine jewelry shop uh, has Ryan actually thought of? Because it could be infinite, right? It's it, it's really cool. I wonder how many he's got in, in mind and how far ahead uh, the series is planned. Oh, yeah. I, I, I honestly can't even imagine. What, what, one of these days, we're probably going to have to get Ryan back on the show alone, like just Ryan and us, and then have to ask him some questions about Rogue Son because we Hold on, no lawyers involved. I want information. I want, it, I want <laughs> story arcs. Uh, no, but I, it would be a dream to have Parrot back on here for a deep dive for sure. Pretty much it. What else is left? I mean, so yeah, we, you know, we, the, the way this issue progresses is that the Monica continues. We've seen the whole issue is that he's trying to reach the black fire, you know, trying to be able to channel it. His attitude's in the way, Dylan's attitude's in the way. Obviously, Demonica's in the way. And one thing I really enjoyed is that seeing this new hero, he can't beat Demonica. Demonica is like a seasoned villain, right? She's powerful, she's ancient. And she specifically could target you with your dad and the soul stone. You're two souls, one stone. And that's not a joke I wanted to make, but that's where we're at. That's where we're at. But it's it's an extra weakness for for uh, Dylan and his dad in this. And I thought that was a really cool way to do it. That we're already bringing the soul element in this. He's already being affected in the ethereal realm, which I thought was cool. So anyway. It's, it's just so cool that she can see his dad, which I thought was like a really cool moment in the series. It was like, oh, yeah. shit. You know what I mean? But it turned to a weakness. Really yeah, exactly. Exactly. So that was awesome, and uh, yeah, like I liked that the the issue ended with Dylan in a very difficult spot. Like we we really don't know. Like I compare it to that Omni Man moment because the first time you read that like issue before you read the next issue, you don't actually know what Omni Man's gonna do. You have no idea. You're just like, oh my god, what what's gonna happen? Is like, is his dad gonna talk to him? And then you experience that issue, and you're just like. Oh my god. You know what I mean? Like and I feel like this is like that this is that anticipation that I have here once the issue ends and you see that. First of all, gotta give credit to Abel and uh, Chris O'Halloran for their uh, art with the pencils and coloring in this amazing um, every issue, but this issue in particular is gorgeous and that last page is just amazing. Just that um mom, you know, looking down at Dylan would you get a full full body shot with her helmet off and it just looks menacing as hell. Like I love it. If they ever did a second print cover, this would be the perfect uh, candidate for a second print cover, just with her on the cover looking all badass. But uh, yeah, like, yeah, like, check out Rogue Sun, number five. You know, make sure you check out this title in general. And yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm more and more impressed with each issue, and I couldn't recommend it enough, personally. The bandaged face design is really cool on the mom, too, because it's kind of like, you know, it's been wounded and stuff like that. But you, I mean, I don't know what her design is going to be going forward because she doesn't really have to hide her identity. But I like the bandages. You can tell this is someone who's been wounded doing this. And, you know, I, I just I just like it. Plus, the, the cloak reminds me of Oblivion Song and you have the armor on there. It's just it's I love the design. Yeah, Very no, cool. that, that that does look awesome. I, I did want to say too, these last couple pages, like um, as well as like the letter pages, I just love the aesthetic of like the physical book itself, like the sparks and stuff. And and every week, like looking at the little character on the back, like who they draw. I love that. Monica looking. I that, love that. that. Like, that's some just... invincible shit, man. Invincible used yeah, to I... do that for the first like ten issues or something. That's awesome. I love that shit. I like. I genuinely like. I adore that shit. Like it. More, more comics should do that because it's just nice. Like, I don't know, like books, I, I think books like Killing Joke or Three Jokers do things like that. I know Watchmen and certain books. I know Doomsday Clock, I think, did things like that as well. So I always think it's really neat. And I remember, like, it, this could be a little pretentious if it's not done right. But, like, books like Watchmen or Doomsday Clock, they always end with a quote that, like, either summarizes the issue or kind of teases what's happening next. And I always really enjoy things like that. Uh, yeah, so... 
Rogue Sun number four, awesome issue. Anything else you want to add, Owen? No, uh, basically we said all there is to say. I'm really hyped to see what the heck the origin of Cataclysm is, which is, of course, you know, Dylan's mom. I'm very intrigued to see what issue seven is going to be like, because Ryan has stated it's going to be like a choose-your-own-adventure story, and it's like, huh, how's he going to weave that into the plot? That's cool. That is yeah. true. People people are like freaking out about that uh, ratio cover with the with the um, the choose your adventure like homage thing, and so I'm good. Uh, so good. Maybe, I, it might not be what we think it is exactly because there's not numbered pages to flip to, right? Like you'd have to count out the pages so it'd be clumsy. Like maybe his mom literally chose her own well, adventure. Look, oh, we could see two timelines or something. I, I know Charlie knows what I'm talking about, but there's a flash issue. I think it's seven seven six or seven 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 where Doctor Fate shows up, and you can read the issue in reverse. Like you can read it from whatever order you want, from start to finish or from finish. Oh, to I've seen start. ice cream. There's ice cream managers yeah. like that too. They're like palindrome. Yeah. Uh, I high, I highly recommend like reading that Flash issue. There's just so much fun. And the irony is that that issue was a homage to like an older issue they did a while back. So like in some way, like at least, at least the team up and everything. So I I love when they do things like that. I'm I'm very looking. I'm very much looking yeah. forward to uh, to Radiant. Uh, sorry, to Rogue Sun number number five and onwards. I, every issue is just fantastic and and truly like. I'm just more and more impressed with it. There's a lot of stores I've seen that still have Rogue Sun number one easily available, even some with discounts. So if you're looking to buy Rogue Sun number one, now's a great time. I highly recommend checking it out. Before we move on, I just want to say, uh, before I get killed in the comments, that like I was kind of shitting on the Rogue's Gallery that Radiant Black has, how they're all powered up, uh, like supercharged by the Radiance. And meanwhile, our villain, we have a villain who's supercharged by like the two souls in our main character, but it's kind of nice that it's just that one dynamic. So I do notice that. <laughs> I am a hypocrite, and we're moving on from it. <laughs> yeah. Math collection, I believe, and I'm just going to double check that it is. And there's this really cool account on Instagram that just discusses um, comic book stuff. I followed them on the Radiant Black account, and they even talk about some Radiant Black stuff. So one interesting thing that I saw from them this week was that, yeah, they even have their own Substack. So they recently had a discussion, I think, with some of the creators. And like I said, this is all in Portuguese, so it was a little bit difficult to 100% translate, but with the help of some others, thank you very it's much. It's Portuguese right? on our part. <laughs> yeah, and uh, basically... We're getting a Radiant Pink miniseries is the news, a five-issue miniseries, and it's going to come out in 2023. And from what, I've, from what I've heard is that the people involved are going to be Melissa Flores, Emma Kubert, and I believe Megan Camarena. The thing is, since then, I can't really find the post. It seems like they took it down, so... Could have yeah. been because it's accurate or inaccurate. It's one of the two. Like, it's either on the money or not, and they're not yeah. really. That's what it's I'm funny. saying. So, obviously, of course, you know, I wanted to fact check this. So, I actually directly messaged uh, Melissa Flores about this, asking whether or not this is actually true, whether it's speculation. Uh, and her direct reply to me was, unless you hear directly from either Black Market Narrative, Kyle, or Michael, then assume that it's speculation. Okay. I, I personally think that because Marcelo liked it, there is some weight to it. I think it's probably yeah. real. I think it's probably real, but they weren't supposed to reveal it. So who's making fake stuff at this point in time? The massive exactly. versus massive to us, but not everywhere else exactly. And like, is that really going to get you the followers and the attention to put out the fake rumor? I don't know. Uh, of course, I could, I could be, I could, I could be wrong, and I just want to put that out there that this is purely speculation, right? Like we're not. 
assuming that we're that this is the case or anything it, it could be it's wrong an easy rumor to make up too yeah so just take it with a grain of salt but what i will say is that some people have recently speculated that there's going to be a radiant pink miniseries that comes out in 2023 so i think it's probably there's a good chance this happens because radiant red looking at the numbers they've been pretty good at least the the, the projected numbers from comicron so I don't see why they wouldn't do a Radiant Pink. And I think I think one thing that really is cool about Radiant Black and the characters is that each of these characters appeals to a wide audience in different ways. You know, like, it, like for example, streamers might be drawn to Radiant Pink more because she represents that demographic because she is a streamer. And, you know, amongst other things, of course. And then Radiant Red might appeal to a, a completely different uh, demographic because they might be, you know, they might see other parts of her uh personality or her you know her just her design that they find uh, attractive so it really depends and the same could be said for marshall and all that so it's it's very interesting to think of it in that regard and i think and we've spoken on this off the recording but i, I think there's going to be a radiant yellow miniseries eventually at least i hope so because and like i said this is pure speculation pure conjecture because i think radiant yellow is very very popular probably the most popular outside of Radiant Black, and that's an assumption, but at least from what I've seen on all the different medias that we're involved in, people really, really like Radiant Yellow, and they really want to There's see There's been more. talk of Wendell Supremacy, plenty of it. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, so, you know, Wendell's got his fans, and, uh, uh, but yeah, Wendell's got his fans, and I feel like we know really nothing about him, other than he works at Best Buy, and he gave someone a Radiant. Yeah, hopefully yeah. we'll find out more about him when we get his uh, solo issue. Yeah, for sure. Like and and even issue. even though these are are speculated in a way, like just just the thought of expanding this universe, and whenever you get a chance to meet these characters and to expand on on where they came from and learn more about them, it just it makes everything everything better. Rising tide lifts all boats, right? Like it, it just every it, everything comes together, and it just it's definitely something really exciting to think about. Personally, Wendell would be the one I'm, I'm most excited of the ratings to follow. But uh, the pink thing would be interesting. I was reading Shift, and I like when I read. We, we're not going to talk about it this week, but when I read part two of Shift. There is a teleportation sequence, and it makes me think like that would be a hell of a fight. Shift versus Pink, pain to yeah. draw, but really cool fight. I'm, I think that they might meet up because eventually, I think the ratings are going to unite to fight these rogues. I think that that's definitely on the table. I mean, I mean, it depends. Like, some people think like Satomi is going to be a villain, and like some people have. Ask Cherish, like, oh, are you going to take If you can live places? with Owen, not our Owen. I mean, mm. clearly, there's some evil in you. No, I'm just kidding. But I don't know. I think it'd be cool. <laughs> Satomi's got rage, right? And it doesn't mean the villains can't be redeemed at some point. Like, she could be, you know, I, I think that that power, obviously, it lends to her. The Radiant found her. The robot could manipulate her, not to get too speculative. But who knows? Maybe these robots are more aggressive that are in the red uh, Radiant. Who knows? Anyways, I'm sure we'll talk about it when we actually break into the issue proper. Yeah, so let's dive in. Rating Red 3, uh, amazing team. We've got Cherish Chen writing, David LaFuente on art, Mikhail Morito doing colors, Diego Sanchez doing letters, and Michael Basula, editor designer, and Diana Phelps as the production artist. So um, awesome, awesome issue. I really like this issue. I think this one was my favorite issue of all of them so far. You know, we start with the reporter from the Lockport Voice, and it's pretty intense because... Alicia Castle. Yeah, it's pretty intense because we find out here that not only is she she's really done some research on the hunt she had earlier regarding Satomi, but she's already drafted an entire article for the Lockport Voice with the headline Radiant Red Revealed. And 
it seems like they're going to blow the whistle on Tatomi. We assume she's got her dead to rights. Yeah. So, and then from there, we go back to, of course, the Sone family residence, as in, I think it's the Sone, I think it's her parents' house because they're, they're with her parents and it is her parents' house. And you see that, you know, you know, they're talking, they're having a good time, just bonding, looking at the scrapbook and everything. And Owen's actually breaking some news saying that, you know, Satomi and I are actually putting the house up for sale. And then you see her kind of telling him to, you know, shush. And it's very interesting because what seems like them kind of beginning to come back, you know, closer again and, and repair that relationship, it kind of seems like that is improving. But at the same time, there are still some skeletons in the closet because she's still not comfortable sharing certain aspects of her life with her parents and you know this is a very big move for them this is like a life-changing decision so it's really interesting to see how um, secretive she's being about it well she doesn't want that right you know telling your parents i'm selling the house which is a big accomplishment to have a house in at that age in your 20s you don't want to tell them that because you would feel like a failure or whatever you don't want that conversation on top of the heat she already deals with with her marriage and then now having to be doing these uh you know these extra missions on top of it and being blackmailed so she's got a lot on her plate and she doesn't want a second helping of grief yeah, they yeah. try they tr- they try to cover it up real quick, but uh, I don't I don't think the parents really really buy in. But just just another example of Owen Owen just uh, messing up the situation. You know, it'd be amazing if uh, the showing Satomi's hair as a child that used to stick up in the back. If she got like her camo, like her like another form, and it, she had like a mohawk <laughs> stuck up in the back. Yes. Like that. I was <laughs> just about to bring that up. Really, that's sweet. Yeah. No, I'd be cool if it happened. I'd be amazing if this was a seed they planted on purpose. Yeah. So. We see her her um, meeting up with the, her new crew, which is the heist crew. It's interesting because you see that it's not even in Lockport. Sorry, not Lockport. It's not even in um, Romeosville anymore. It's in Calumet City in Illinois. So they're even in a different city, whole different town, kind of going the extra step to to be uh, discreet about everything and, and you know cover their ass. But uh, it's cool. You've got some characters here introductions we've got danny who's the big just basically the big muscle in that group you know ironically even though probably you know to tell me stronger we got tick doing surveillance and we've got lead, shift being uh, the leader working with everybody and he's really got that smug on him and then we've got obviously red i like that they call her red it's really it's really cool to be honest and then yeah so she's delivering the payload she's managing the payload and you know satomi's very smart i like how i like how she always She's very, uh, she catches those words, you know what I mean? She's, she, she doesn't let things slip. So she's like, what's the payload? Like, wh- wh- what does that mean? And that's when they explain to her. So I just want to say, I, I, there are some things that I personally, and I'm speaking for myself, not the podcast, not anyone else, this is my opinion. I like yeah. this page where they're showing the the flashback, or not the flashback. It's like, what is it They're called? showing it's, the plan. It's it's like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's like a flashback. It's like a flash forward, I guess. So... Yeah, it's like, you know, you know, it's a flash forward or, you know, it's a thought because of the way it's structured and the colors and everything. And I really like that. I think it's uh, the it's laid out well. My only thing is, personally, I don't like the way that Satomi and Shift are drawn in this book. I'm not a fan of the art in general, to be honest. I don't hate it or anything. I just don't love it. I think her feet look pretty funny. She kind of looks like Jaro in that one picture. So she looks like she's melting into the ground a little bit on that second panel. (laughs) She just has my... no feet. She has no feet. Like later. <laughs> that's my only issue with it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah that's fair. The, same with the page down from that shift is. Uh, yeah. His feet are uh, missing somewhere. He forgot his shoes at home. <laughs> I, 
I, I also did want to say I could not get this out of my head. I think it was his facial expressions or whatever, but uh, shift the. Uh, also, because I've been watching watching the new season of The Boys, but he's been just reminded. I just picture Anthony Starr Homelander. like oh my, <laughs> Dude, oh my god, a, yes, that's good. That would be perfect to be honest. Yes. Like, that's actually a really good. That guy is so good. He's he has a lot oh, of yeah. like presence. So. Anthony Starr. If you want to see a good show with Anthony Starr before he was on The Boys, I highly recommend watching Banshee. It's really good. Very rated R, though, so don't watch it with kids around or parents. It's awkward. Okay. But... Or parents, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, yeah. So one, th- I actually really like the idea of the heist, like not as in the heist itself, which is which is cool. There's nothing wrong with that, but like the actual what they're doing. I think the fact that they have her moving this organo mercury compound called Mercury S is a really clever, yeah, clever I like way. I like yeah, that. it's cool. It's cool as fuck. Like it's it's just like they have her doing something really out of the box and, I, and it's I think risky it's cool. like she can yeah. hold stuff but you don't know if it's poisonous you don't know what's going to happen so there is like that level of like what the hell are you going to do with it and then she has to be able to like carry it perfectly like but also spongebob would have been perfect for this this task but uh, no i uh i think it's a really cool element to mercury ass for sure yeah, and yeah I, there, I, it, it really shows the extent of her powers in this issue a few times, but I'm just really curious how much like damage or like mass she's able to able to actually consume at one time. Um, where does it go? Will be, Is right? it in existence? Yeah, like it's exactly like to what extent? Like it's Maybe. crazy. Like there hasn't but been anything she hasn't been able to absorb. Because that's like her power, right? Like how Radiant Black has gravity powers. Yeah. That's her power. She can absorb matter absorption, and yeah. kind of reform yeah. it. Um, Marshall absorbed the robot, so that's a bit of absorption. So maybe they can all kind of connect to each other's powers in some like, way. Like, like, did, did Marshall absorb the robot or like suck him into his black hole? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, that's the thing. We, we don't actually like know what the hell happened there. Like, and, and, and then insert this is why I need a voice board to say, you guys don't know what the series is yet. And like that, just press it every time we're talking about something like that. That would actually be hilarious. But uh, <laughs> did you guys see this line? I thought it was really well done. A props to Cherish. I think. This this book is really well written. I think it's very intelligent. And what like I, I love Satomi's attitude in particular. I love how no fucking around she is. It's like she's straight to the point. She's very professional. But at this one line, she says that she's being explained the plan. She says, okay, you'll, they're telling her you'll need to absorb the entire batch, retain it, and deliver its original form back at the safe house. And then I love the response from Satomi. And she says, at the risk of sounding unprofessional, that's not something I've been able to do at will, at least. And I really like that she's straight up like honest. There's no, there's no messing around with Tommy. Like she tells you, she tells it as it is. You know what I mean? It kind of reminded me a little bit of that Into the Spider Verse moment where Peter's like, you know, it's like, and he can also do this. Like I can't do it on command. He can't do it on command. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I did. Yeah, no, that is a good point. I, I did. I did really like that scene. And I, I did say this. These couple next couple pages really, really were one of the highlights of the of the book for me or one of the most surprising parts of the book. Possible start of a redeem redeemage for our friend Owen here. I mean, that's what they that's what they it's actually I agree. I I, th- I think I think that's what they're going for. But I then they do something so. else. They do something. But else. I still don't. I, I, I'm trying to really put myself in her position i'm like thinking to myself is this her trying to mend this relationship or is this her trying to avoid more shit on her plate you know what i'm saying does that make sense yeah it could be like self-defense. it might be a bit like, of both it might be a bit yeah. of both yeah because like you okay, said yeah she's protecting herself at the end of the day but i, I forgot if it was this issue or the previous one where we she because, was looking she, through she, pictures she, and she has so many memories with owen like it's 
it's tough, right? Like she's been with this guy for so long, and even though he's an asshole, it's it's kind of it's difficult. I don't know what else to say. It's it's Life a very messy. Difficult. Yeah, yeah. Love is messy. I, I I think for him or for Satomi, maybe the way she sees it is Owen's always been well. An addiction is one other thing, but maybe he's someone who thinks like he's been able to do everything on his own and fix his own problems on his own and fix their relationship. But now, like just hearing he's actually willing to talk to someone and go get some help, I think she really is surprised by that, but really uh, glad. That was a Herculean so, feat yeah. accomplished by Cherish. As a writer, to make me care about Owen and feel bad for him, that's uh, that's tough. That's just for probably, a second. Just for yeah, a second. Yeah. yeah, it's some of the most impressive <laughs> writing I've seen in the most. In the but yeah, episode. yeah. And yeah. I think I think there is, like, signs of genuine improvement. There's when, no, when he I, I starts think Owen asking wants her. To change. Yeah, yeah, it? for sure. Yeah. You know, he he's he's really struggling to ask her to come to the to the meeting. Like, you can see in impressions. It's, I think it's hard she, for him to say. Yeah, I think the mend is mostly coming from him. And while she's approving of it, I think she doesn't have the emotional capacity to be as present for Owen as she would normally want to be because of what's going on in her life with Rainier. You know what I mean? Like, I think mentally she's not there, even though she's replying to him. I think mentally she's overwhelmed. Like, she's there's a lot of things going on in her head at that moment. And so she says, absolutely, when is it? But, like, at the top of her head, she's still thinking, I have to do this heist. You know what I'm saying? She's like, juggling right now. And she's yeah, trying to exactly. make sure she can keep as many balls in the air without, you know, what exactly. balls I can afford to keep in the air I'm going to. And the ones that will smash on impact, I'll, you know, pay attention to. But that's my metaphor. I lost my metaphor like a juggler, you know, losing several balls. But that was it, – it's – I'm liking the story, and it's really interesting to see these dynamics of planning a heist and then – it's the home life on top of the heist. We don't get to see what Tom Cruise is up to in Mission Impossible. Home I don't know. I haven't seen Mission Impossible. I don't know why I even try to reference movies I haven't seen. Anyways, let's go. One thing I love about this particular issue is that it completely changes after the halfway mark because they introduce this out of nowhere, like this, I guess oh, you could gosh. say this, this flame kind of thing that basically Shift is really into Tommy. Like he has feelings for her. Like not like, it's a Pepe Le Pew style romance. Yeah, it's at. like she actually, she actually, he actually says this just so because you guys all brought this up. He says, "Where does all the stuff you suck up go when you're done with it? Does it does it come out somehow? Is it gross?" <laughs> <laughs> well, this is actually probably the you know for those in horny jail, this is their week, uh, really, because uh, in I didn't mention this when we were talking Rogue Sun, but there's the line of then let us drink from each other and see whose thirst quenches first. Sounds very. <laughs> so yeah uh definitely I, the horn i love movie. how she calls him out on it though he's like he's like you know they're training and she's like he's like try thinking of whatever was going through your head when you first shot that molten liquid at me how she's like how i wanted to kill you and then he's like there you go try thinking about me and then she's like you never turn it off do you and he just laughs huge but there's a little bit of like spark between them it's i, I won't say spark it's more like they have chemistry imagine if there was a love triangle Owen, that would be hilarious. But that's the thing: if she becomes evil, I could kind of see that happening. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's not a Bermuda Triangle I want to get lost in. It sounds so, like it'd be treacherous. So how cool was it when she shot out the stretchy fist? She just like shoots up a fist yes. and straight up. Him. Yeah, and I noted. I love that. <laughs> she like he lands on her, and then they have that 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 sexy moment, you know, where she's like helmetless and his body's just like all over hers, and he says, "You're a lot of fun, Red." And that's when she just kind of rages and, and just shoots some flames at him, you know, impulsively. See what you nail the assignment, you know, like he's almost happy with her and he says, good job. And then he's like, let's do it again. So it's like he's like enjoying it. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like a dance for him. It's like some Zorro shit. Yeah, he's <laughs> a fucking creep. That's why yeah. he's enjoying shift. it. More like downshift. 
<laughs> Do you think guys from I know she's from Romeosville, but is guy from Flavortown? Another thing I didn't love about this issue, and again, my personal thing, and, and it has nothing to do with the overall issue, but more the just the way Marshall looks. I, I didn't love the way he looks in this issue. It just kind of felt a little off, like it wasn't terrible or anything, but... The way Marshall just, looks? Yeah, like his face. Like, it just feels a little bit off. Like I The don't nose know to me, yeah. I think it's the nose. Yeah. The nose and the chin, yeah. no? I, yeah, I will say on those couple of pages, the uh, the second one where Marshall shows up, that top right one with her holding the radiant, that might be my favorite panel of the whole series so far. Yeah. I, I I don't know what it is. It's, it's, a, a, cool it's the glow. It's the, the, it's it's the, the glow. It's the glow. Yeah, it's so well drawn at that moment that it looks like, an, like Could a, be Ghost Spider, a, a radiant right black. This is actually one of my favorite moments of the entire Masterverse so far, the fact that Marshall comes here to check on her. I really like that. I really like that because it's a huge moment for both of them. On Marshall's part, it shows growth. Even go part. there. Exactly. It, 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 he's already like I was gonna say this earlier and I forgot, but I was gonna say Marshall is a bit dickish, and I think he would be really good friends with Dylan. Like if they ever met, I think they would be really tight, like bros, because they're both kind of similar. Like they both have like bits of hedonistic where it's toned up more with the. Uh, with uh, Dylan because he is actually a teenager, but Marshall kind of feels like Dylan when he's older. Like he's a bit of a dick. Like he's obviously more laid back, but I feel like they both have that like edge to them. So they would get along. And most of his ideas, like he's an entrepreneur, like Dylan can get stuff done. His entrepreneurial thing is like, hey, I'll, I'll punch people. You know what I mean? Like they're both, they've got, I, they've got busy minds, but no good outlet for them. Yeah. Yeah. And they have like similar personas kind of. So I would love, like they both have parents that ran out on them. Do you know what I mean? So it's like there's that dynamic where Marshall's dad has been absent from his life and we see that there's some conflict there. But at the same time, Dylan's dad been literally absent from his life and then now he's not. But the whole relationship is kind of skewed and different. So it's really interesting to see that they're both these kids with no like they have issues with their parent figures, basically. And it's not a very good relationship as is. So I, I love this moment. I love seeing him check in on Satomi. You know, she asked some really important questions, questions that we've all been asking, like. I've been getting these flashes and I might be getting, I might have one of those and they might be talking to me. And that's a big deal because this is the first time in the entire Massiverse where we, we find out definitively, like 100% matter of fact, that Satomi does actually have her own robot that talks to her. That's a big deal. And then we can compare and contrast the differences to see how different these robots are. Maybe the robots have different, you know, different ideologies themselves. I just love that the robots actually look like unique. Like her robot looks a lot different than than Marshall's robot, and I really yeah. I, I think it's dope. You know what I mean? Looks if the other two have their own robots as well. I'm assuming now because of this that they do. But robots have a visor. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It's leaving my back, my screen, yeah. my screen yeah, saver. I love the part when when the robot first comes and says hello to Tommy. The first thing he does is just goes and grabs her face. Like you, fully like, manhandled. Right? That that was aggressive. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> it's this claw machine, and the ICU used to tell me, "I've always seen you." Is it like maybe it's destiny that these radians found these people? It is. I, yeah. I, at, at first, I guess, like I just assumed they all came un- united. I guess when they all got knocked off course, but they all came from the same source. I I love the design on this thing. How it's how it's also more similar to her her aesthetic too, like her mecha like aesthetic, like when she gains like different weapons and stuff on her hands. Like it's it's similar to that. But yeah, no, I can't wait to see like the yellow or pink one or yeah. I I just think. Radiant Black and Masterverse lends itself to an artistic synchronicity and that you could do a lot of um, 
a lot of covers that are very nice that work well together. And what I mean by that is I published a thread on Twitter before where we showed this, like you had the helmet variants that all look amazing together. You have the black and white or the colored variants, the 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 opposite colored variants that go really nicely together, like that I do have in the Twitter in the cover photo. So you have all these covers that go well together. And I can't wait to grab all those helmet variants from all the characters and put them together. They're gonna look amazing. Yeah, yeah so and and I, I still think one day they should do a cover with all the Radiants and their robots, kind of similar to how they did the connecting covers with the 1 to 6 that people bought the Coliseum of Comics ones. I would love to see, like, a Radiant, once we have all the Radiants and their robots. I feel like it's possible. Yeah, yeah, we know that could be in uh, Basuto's Dropbox right now. And, and like, one day, maybe, like, if if we ever see all Radiants, like, do, like, a Megazord, where they put all the robots together to form, like, a Mega Radiant... They should do the same thing they did in Supermassive, where they had the fold the foldout page and do that with all the radiance. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah. yeah that would be like all. Oh. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, I thought this was for for sure I, for me at least, and I think Bash too. Uh, this is the best issue so far of Radiant. Oh yeah. Red. Uh, right. Stuff's going on. It feels more connected, and I don't feel like we're just tethered to this heist. Like we have more stuff like Marshall, so it feels like a larger universe. And then of course the robot kind of brings us down to more kind of stuff we're familiar with but like extremely interested to see how different this path is like you, if you notice you're not breathing you, there's no room to breathe anymore in this series it, it also feels like we're we're getting larger implications to like the whole reading black universe now it's not just the story about satomi now we're getting to explore her big mecca yeah and yeah. it ends it ends on a very intense note where it's like alicia castle shows up to the door and she's like yo like what do you know about radiant red and it's like it's very ambiguous because you can't tell we don't know yet because we haven't read the next issue, obviously. But in that moment, it's not you can't tell if Alicia actually knows it's Satomi. And, I mean, she probably does, but you can't tell if like she's gauging her or not. I think she is. I think she's like testing whether Satomi's going to tell the truth or not. You know? Yeah, yeah. I think I, I I have a feeling that they I don't know where that may be because at the beginning when Alicia says like I know it's one of them, but either way, I was thinking maybe that could be one of the radiants, but um or maybe she saw Owen with Satomi. So she's kind of like it's like either a fifty fifty. She knows it's one of them, but she doesn't know which one it is. But yeah, no, I I I can't wait to see that discussion next issue. And it was a it was a really good ending for me. And definitely my favorite issue so far for sure. You know, I've got some weird speculation that connects both issues we talked about today. And uh, it's kind of a theory. I don't know if it's legit. It could not be. But in my head, I think it'd be pretty fucking sweet if you connect these two universes by having uh, Alicia be the daughter of the woman that runs the jewelry shop in Radiant and Rogue Sun. Because they both have their own passion for justice in their own kind of way. Like, you can see the disagreement. I can see the narrative in my head of, like, she goes and writes for the newspaper. Alicia does and tries to get justice her own way, try to do some stuff you can hold on to. While the mother can be like, yeah, well, I'm holding on to these demons inside this, uh, you know, this place. It could be like magic. Uh, you can have like the dynamic of her, you know, belief in magic confronting like, OK, I'm doing something that's like that I can hold on to. I don't know. It'd be cool if it happened. It's probably just uh, fan fiction. But, it's, uh, you know, if it does happen, I just want to say it here. Yeah, I like yeah. I like that idea, actually. And she does yeah. kind of look like that that kind of age. Like she doesn't look a very specific age. So you can kind of I feel like you could kind of w- wiggle around with that. But I, I really like that idea, actually. So yeah, that was Radiant Red for you this week. A lot happens, and it happens so fast. I Just big revelations that now we have a Radiant Red robot. And so the question is, are we going to get a Radiant Yellow and Radiant Pink one? And if so, when? We know that Radiant Pink is getting her solo... Or we just, she just got her solo issue. My apologies. We know Radiant Yellow is getting his solo issue soon. 
<laughs> so I actually give you guys a, a little background. So this is what it says for the very Dr. Manhattan-esque uh, solicitation. So it says it's 1979. Wendell George graduates from Purdue with a degree in engineering and plans for the future. It's 2020. Wendell George discovers a cosmic artifact in a donut shop. Uh, shop. It's 2023. Everything has fallen apart. Series writer Kyle Higgins is joined by Chicago sports radio star Lawrence Holmes and rising star artist Stefano Simeone in The Secret Origin of Radiant Yellow. So that sounds, it's going to be amazing. And we have, I just want to give a special shout out to Paris Elaine, who's actually from Toronto, Toronto-based comic book artist who did um, an amazing, a gorgeous, truly one of my favorite covers of the series. And that's saying something because there's so many good covers. For Radiant Black number 18, did the cover B, and it's this awesome vein with Radiant Yellow and Radiant Black just just, just flexing their, their radiance. So awesome cover. Love to see it. Love to see some Canadian uh, representation, I guess, just Canadians working on comics, you know, more and more. There's a lot of Canadian talent and Marvel DC image in general. So that was cool to see. And then moving on, you know, that's it for, for Massiverse this week. I guess the Massiverse news and everything. One thing we're going to... If we're going on Tangent City, I do want to say that Oblivion Song ended wonderfully, and I fucking love yeah. it. Kirkman just knows how to write, like, good finales. He, ha- he has that formula now. I'm beginning to realize that he likes to do, like, time jumps in his finales. He likes to explore different aspects of, like, previous or, or forward times. He does that yeah. a lot with all his books, and I love that. I love... He gives you so much closure. Like, he knows how to give you that closure, even if it's depressing. And I'm not saying that the ending was depressing, but I'm saying even when it's a dark ending, he gives you that closure. He's just a yeah. good writer, man. It is a good ending. The one thing I did hear him say on uh, the Bolivian Song podcast, like him getting more used to these endings. But the one thing I I actually did find pretty funny is just the way he ended it, just saying him every time he ends something, it just shows his lack of humanity. Like just the way he ends things, like his just the way he views humanity. And this felt more hopeful though. There was a bit of hope. I I actually yeah. There, there was hope, hope, but it was yeah. the the point is he, the hum, the human race is getting like fucks over everything they touch. I don't know. Like, man. Kind, the moment, that's the way I. You, you have to. You the have moment to I saw that McDonald's and Starbucks in yeah. <laughs> And I was like, all right, this this is this is got to shit. We are the one now. We are the the original one. Yeah, obviously we have gone in a multitude of tangents. Uh, I've been mostly silent because I'm trying to figure out a way how to keep up with you guys because you guys seem like you're going like a mile a minute. But um, sorry. Yeah, you know, obviously, of course, you know, we're probably going to be closing out soon. So I've been reading, you know, a lot of stuff. We lately, uh, I've been reading Seven Secrets by uh, Tom Taylor and Daniel Tinakula, which is so good. Doing that, but also keeping up with the Sidarsky Daredevil uh, as well, because you know, oh, got to prepare awesome. for that relaunch. Yeah. This is a fun one. We went exactly. everywhere. <laughs> Truly, we went everywhere. Hit Alta, and uh, yeah. So check out Rogue Sun. Check out. Doing on panel to panel this week. We're doing Black Adam. Hell yeah! So there we go. <laughs> you like listening to Black Adam? Awesome. Just, just please, please listen to that, just because I really want you guys to know who Uncle Shazam is, because I swear to God, I swear to God, that's the funny, one of the funniest things I've ever seen in a comic book. <laughs> Uncle Don't Shazam. forget about Tawny the Tiger. Yeah. No, Tawny's, Tawny's, I've always known about Tawny, but I literally did not know about Uncle Shazam until I read that issue, and I actually cried laughing. Dude, Shazam comics are amazing. Like, they're actually, like, the closest thing to Tintin I've ever read. They're so good. They're so good. I'm, I'm impressed, like, genuinely. But no, uh, yeah, check out all these things. One announcement for future Ring and Black podcast episode is that we are, so if you if you stuck with us this long in this episode, you get a little roar. We are going to be... 
having a guest on in the future, and he goes by the name of Eduardo Ferragato. <laughs> so yeah, very excited about that. We're going to talk Fun. all things Radiant Black number 15, and just, you know, about the, the artistic process behind Radiant Black for him and everything, and I can't wait, because you guys know on this podcast how much we love Eduardo Ferragato, and so that's going to be on the next episode. If you have any questions, just feel free to email them at uh, readingblackpodcast.gmail.com, or just hit us up on any of the socials. One quick thing I do want to say, the Orville's back on Disney+, Plus. Uh, for those of us that don't have Hulu outside the States, uh, give that show a shot. If uh, if you like my kind of humor and you, uh, you, uh, you know, don't hate me, go check that out. Seth MacFarlane's not for everybody, but there's some genuinely heart in those characters. The first season's a little rough, but I've... I really love those characters, and there's genuine funny moments. It's like Star Trek with a little bit more, like, these are actual people. Like, they're, they're, they're trying to do their best, but they're still humans. They're not, like, basically, like, cyborgs that have, like, evolved basically beyond the point that we're human. Still inspirational, but uh, not, like, Star Trek utopia quite, and they're trying. So it's really good. Check that out, because that show kind of needs the extra push. It could easily be canceled. I'm under the impression this is the last season. So check that out if uh, if you want to, if that interests you. Anyways, that's it for me. And one All last right. thing is I've actually heard a rumbling... Uh, that there is going to be a Firepower podcast coming up soon. So for those of you who know, I love Firepower. I've been talking about it a lot for or no, a year or so, sorry. And so we might have something in the works. Stay tuned for that because it's going to be fun. And Get your peanut butter ready because you're going to be jelly. You didn't tune in for this one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Something something that's been in the works for a while. Just Just keep an eye out for that, ladies and gentlemen. More news on that soon. Anyway. Thank you, everyone, for joining us today on the Radiant Black Podcast. It's been such a blast. It was such a long episode. I want to thank our special guest, Owen, for joining us today. Thank you so much. Anything you want to add, Owen? Yeah, I just want to say, you know, thank you for having me, you know, on the pod. You know, it's always great, you know, talking and shooting the shit with you guys. Even if we go completely off tangent, it's still super fun because, like, seeing the way, like, you guys all bounce off and interact with each other, it's like, man, that's what friendship's all about. Thank you so much for joining us today, guys. Thank you so much for covering these amazing issues with us. And stay radiant, everyone.